I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Using my parking space? All good. You'll be using it forever. So I'm living in Japan now and here people ride bicycles a lot. You can't leave your bike anywhere and you have to pay for parking between one and two dollars per day There are very few free parking areas for bicycles Most people leave their bikes at the same place So they pay monthly because it's cheaper and you have your own space This event started a couple of weeks ago Someone in my building started having a guest who decided to steal my bicycle parking space whenever they came to visit Sometimes they'd stay the whole night So I had to go to the station pay one dollar and come all the way home walking Which meant i'd need to walk to the station the next day getting up earlier walking like 20 minutes to the station all while carrying my heavy bag Now all the bicycle spaces have a number which means they are reserved for someone Mine is 105, but this idiot decided to take mine whenever they came to visits. The second time this happened, I told the building manager, but they didn't do anything. The third time I saw the bicycle there, it was the same red expensive bicycle. I left a note in Japanese saying, please don't leave your bike here. This is my space and I need it every day. I found the note re-taped with the same tape I'd used to tape it onto their bike to my parking space and it had a couple of bad words in Japanese at the end. Basically, he was not only stealing my space, but making fun of me by insulting me. Fine, it's just fine. I probably wouldn't have done anything about it if he hadn't written those words, but they triggered me and got the worst out of me. This person did it again a couple of times, so I knew this would continue. I was thinking about buying another bicycle, a better, more expensive one I could use to go on cycling trips. So a good chain or lock was needed anyway. I bought one of the thickest they had at the store and decided to try its efficiency. I locked his bicycle the next time I saw it there. It hasn't moved for the last seven days. There were two notes. The first one was a very aggressive one with more bad words and threats about going to the police. I don't care. Let's go that way, buddy. The second note days later was an apology and they begged for me to unlock the bike because they tried to break it, but they couldn't. I guess he's learned his lesson. I'm pretty sure he won't do it again, but I just want to enjoy this feeling of victory for a couple days more. I'll let it free in two or three days, I guess. Now, this is simply sensational. And let me say, it is completely justified. What an absolute clown. Stealing someone else's parking space is bad enough. But then, writing on their notes, their polite notes, saying give it back, just with insults, that's even worse. You're a disgrace. You know what? If I was OP, I'd be inclined to say, never unlock your chain. They deserve it. They really do. Because that's just, you know, using someone else's property. It's very, very shameful. The only issue here is, if it is a very expensive lock, and it seems like it probably is eventually they're gonna have to go and get some massive bolt cutters or maybe even something that's you know a little bit more powerful and then you'll break your lock and you've lost a lot of money but in principle is it worth it i think it is cancel a land lease and hope to make a windfall hope you like a lot of dirt let me preface this by noting that this revenge was not my doing at least not exactly 
It happened back in the 90s when I was in high school and centered around the type of school I attended. So, in case you weren't aware, it's very common in agricultural communities to have what are known as farmer's schools. That's not a technical term, but more just something easy to define them. The schools are generally organized by the local farmers, and while you still study the various courses needed to get into college, you also study farming technology courses and get credit hours for work study, i.e. working on one or more farms. The area I lived in was surrounded by a number of large farms, which grew cotton primarily. So during the year, we'd spend time out in the fields, both tilling, planting, and harvesting. One of the farms near the school was this thousand-acre spread that, like the others, grew mostly cotton, though sometimes they rotated to soybeans or silage. Basically, that's corn, but you don't harvest it. This farm had a long partnership with the school, so the students provided near free labor for the farmer, The farmer leased this property from some out-of-state owner and paid them a portion of the revenue from the harvest. Imagine my surprise then when me and many of my classmates arrived at the farm to do our work study and the farmer instructed some of us to crew the sprayers and start spraying herbicide on the fields while others, myself included, were to take tractors and discs and plow everything under. The farmer wanted every square inch of the fields returned to just dirt. We were shocked to say the least but after some discussion, we set to work. It took us the better part of a weekend to do so. And when we were done, the field was in a beautiful, if barren, state. The farmer thanked each of us personally and paid us about $500 each. That's quite the sum for a 90s high school senior. We returned to the school, told our headmaster that the contract was completed, and he informed us that the farmer would no longer be working with the school and we'd be sent to one of the other larger farms for the rest of the year and our work study. It was probably two or three months later before word started going around about why we'd been instructed to destroy the crop. Granted, these were just rumors, but based on how things turned out for the farmer, I suspect there's some truth to it. So, apparently the landowner had decided that he was going to not renew the lease the farmer had on the land. This lease renewal just so happened to fall a few weeks before harvest season would start. Given that the average cotton farm earns about $1,500 per acre, a 1,000-acre farm would easily net the owner $1.5 million. About $500,000 of that would be pure profit. Now, I don't know what the farmer's lease was, but it stands to reason that it wasn't anywhere near that. So, this landowner had figured out a neat little trick. Let the farmer get a good crop planted and then refuse to renew the lease. The farmer would leave the plants in the field and the landowner would just need to pay some contractors to come and harvest it and they'd earn a profit. How scummy is that? Since at the time, the farmer's lease wasn't yet up, he decided to prevent that from happening. His act of revenge against the owner was to prevent them from cashing in on their hard work. Sure, it destroyed his farm and he had to sell off most everything he owned to buy some property for himself, but he'd proved a point. The owner did try and sue the farmer, though he didn't really have a leg to stand on, or so I was told. I think the court ruled that since the farmer was still under the lease when he had the land tilled under, then it was his property to do with as he wished, and thus the landowner couldn't tell him what to do with his property. I learned a rather valuable lesson from that man, beyond what I learned about farming. That lesson was, never, ever, cross someone with nothing to lose i mean look i know i said it as the story was progressing but this is so so scummy i don't know how many years that this farmer has leased this land for but to do that as the owner make him do all the work and then just say 
actually, no, I'm gonna have it back now and contract someone else to do the work at a cheaper price, making more of a profit for myself. That is so scummy. That is a definition of scum. It's so snaky as well. Like, all the work's been done. All that's left to do is yield the rewards. And then you say, uh, no, I don't need you anymore. I'm gonna get all the money myself scum and look it's obviously great stuff from this farmer he's lost a lot of money doing this employing these school kids at 500 a pop to go through and help him just destroy the land turn it back into dirt he's losing time losing money losing energy he's gaining literally nothing from what he's doing apart from that inner feeling of joy at knowing that he is enacting the best karma possible on this absolute douche of a landowner you know what this amazing story actually reminds me of one of my favorite ever stories of revenge from this subreddit and uh yeah let's throw it back to two years ago i'm gonna read it out right now this one is phenomenal Landlord advertises all of our company's equipment for sale to our competitors. Best follow our eviction to the letter. I work for a leisure company. Think soft play, indoor soccer, laser tag, can't be specific. Now, prior to lockdown, managers and the big bosses were negotiating the renewal of the lease on one of our parks. Things were going mostly smoothly. However, the landlords were difficult to contact. Then, 2020's trash hit the fan. All of our sites were closed and everything was thrown into a mess. Negotiations began to slip down the priority list. Nobody thought the landlord would push an eviction for an expired lease during this period, especially with it still getting rent, despite the site's closure and the closure of every business and restaurant in the immediate area. We were wrong. A few days ago, we received a letter saying we had seven days to leave the premises and take everything with us. We're reminded that anything left in the building after seven days will become the landlord's property. That line is very important. Now, a lot of construction goes into installing our equipment into a new building, which makes emptying one even harder. At a lockdown with no staff and most businesses shut, it meant that saving much of our assets would prove to be extremely difficult. To lose a profitable site and all of its assets is definitely a blow to our company. But here is where it gets worse. A few days into our seven-day eviction, we find out that the landlord has been advertising our park to our competitors. But he isn't offering just the building. He's offering all of our stuff pre-installed. Ready to go. Just needs rebranding. The landlord has evicted us from the property in an attempt to increase rent and make a solid profit from our equipment installed because he thinks we won't be able to empty the park. We were furious. And here is where a little bit of malicious compliance and revenge came in. We were told we had seven days to move everything we owned out of the property. So that is what we did. Local businesses from all around offered up free space to store our things. A few people came back out of lockdown and they all spent the rest of the week removing, selling or destroying everything that was related to us. We didn't even leave light fittings. In every other site vacation we have seen, we always end up leaving thousands of dollars worth of disco lights in the ceilings because they're too hard to get. We leave most of the construction in, as well as things like the bars and kitchens that all stay intact, recognizable as what they once were, but not this building. We ripped up the flooring we installed. We tore down the walls that were not part of the original structure, wooden walls to divide up the space. We ripped apart our manager's office and removed all artwork and lockers. The landlord now has every new deal he's been making dead in the water and a large renovation bill to install new flooring, etc. Or a company willing to do it themselves like we were. Lockdown's been extended another four weeks, so he's got at least another four weeks without rent. 
we were paying and he won't have any potential buyers a little silver lining the assets we got out of the sites fridges tvs equipment food tables have all been sold and the lack of rent and additional income has helped the business and paid staff wages but that is not the end of the story there's actually an update guys here is what happened next we handed in the keys and it was probably the quickest handover we've ever had the landlord clearly didn't want to make any kind of conversation and there was definitely an elephant in the room but he said nothing about the lack of equipment complications did arise when we went to get back various deposits but he had no case to withhold the deposit from us as the building was in excellent shape we conducted much of the maintenance work ourselves so the building was in a significantly better condition than we found it we also cleaned up 99% of the rubbish and dirt from our demolition crusade so we couldn't even bill us for cleaning a very minor bit of pressing from our legal team meant that we received everything owed back in full now as of the time of this update the building is still vacant and as of yet we don't know of any potential buyers at this moment in time our company is still standing despite the pandemic closures and lack of business staff are all still employed and doing well guys you can probably see after reading that why that is one of my favorite all-time reddit stories let alone revenge-based stories i just love it it's so good it's similar to the one i just read i know but i just had to read it to you it's just one of my favorite stories that i've ever read on reddit i just love every part of it what can i say it's just so nice isn't it when massive bosses that are just like idiots trying to make as much money as humanly possible not even caring about other humans one more zero on the end of their bank sheet is all they're worried about and then they just get shut down by great people like op and their team losing a lot more money than they would have done had they just kept going on as normal we saw it in the previous story this is an all-time classic example it's just brilliant i really do love it and i hope you guys do too hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Throw your trash in my yard. Enjoy moving. My, now ex-neighbor, was pretty trashy car sitting on blocks in the yard cigarette hanging out of her mouth while she's nine months pregnant blasting kid rock tunes level trashy well this lady decided that paying one dollar per trash bag was just too much our township will only pick up your trash if it is in one of the approved purple bags though so normal trash bags would just be left behind the trash truck drives right past them her solution buy normal trash bags at the dollar store and have her eight-year-old child toss them over the fence into my yard now their trash is my problem after confronting her she just laughed so i called the cops they said that since the kid was so young and there was no proof of his parents telling him to do it there was nothing they could do so this went on for about four months me taking the bags of trash they'd toss into my yard and wrapping them in purple bags that i paid out of pocket for putting them out to the curb pretty freaking annoying not to mention the extra three dollars or so a week i'm spending on trash bags i'm slowly growing to hate this woman it was annoying at first but now i was getting mad mind you i own my home and she was renting hers so i get a hold of their landlords and i offer to buy the house for a decent amount above market value 17 percent 
He jumps at the offer and soon i'm the proud owner of the house next door to me Sure, it cost me $71,000, but what price do you put on peace of mind? The very first thing I did was serve them an eviction notice in person. Across that same fence, they like to throw trash over. That was 31 days ago. As of today, the unit is empty. I don't know where they went, but there's someone else's problem now. All because she didn't want to pay for her own trash bags. I think I'm going to knock that house down and make my yard bigger. I've been wanting to put in a handball court. Now, before I say anything about the story, can I first just say $71,000 for a house? Where, please? Well, I know I've checked. Opie has said they live in central Pennsylvania. 71K for a house. That would literally buy a shed in the UK. I mean, that is unbelievable. Fair play. However, if you do have the money to do something like this, unbelievable. I've got to say, it just shows. And I kind of think to myself, what sort of revenge might I pull off or might you pull off if you had unlimited money? Yeah, some uh, pretty interesting things come to mind. I mean, like, it's pretty nice, isn't it? Oh, I hit my neighbor. Screw it. I'll just buy their house off them. Nice. Get them gone. (laughs) Easy way out. I love it. I was unemployed. This guy scammed me. Revenge is still pouring on him. First and foremost, this didn't happen in the US. Some events might be pursuable up there, but down here, it was mostly no man's land regarding the kind of scams I fell for. For the sake of the story, here in no man's land, we use the top level domain NML. My wife is a nurse. Back then in the early 2000s, she worked in an ICU of a relatively exclusive and therefore expensive hospital. Specifically, she had to care for patients that had undergone cardiac surgery. At the same time, I was working for a small company that was going out of business. The owners were retiring, we hadn't secured any important contracts lately, and in my country, you have to pay for employee severance, unless you file for bankruptcy, so they decided to shut down while they still had enough cash to pay our severances. One day, my wife calls me and tells me about this gentleman in his late 50s that had been on the verge of passing away, and after that close call, he was so grateful and stuff. We'll call him Benny Lowy. This gentleman happened to work in electronic imports, which gave him access to incredibly convenient deals. Long story short, he was so grateful he could sell us an LCD TV, a store demo unit that had been used just once, and we need to pay like one quarter of its retail price, as long as we kept it quiet because he was risking his relation with the brand. It caught me off guard. I said yes, and she paid. Anyway, the only TV in the house had been a wedding present and weighed over a hundred pounds. We were eager to replace it. It was naive, I know, but I thought being her patient, she knew all the personal data from this guy. So it seemed unlikely he'd target her for a scam. His father was a known businessman. Now retired and approaching his 80s, Mr. Larry Sr. was well-respected in his community and wouldn't have let his son wreak havoc. Also, my wife had acquaintances in common with Benny's brother, a known doctor of another hospital. Christmas was approaching. She asked Benny, who had already been discharged and sent back home, for advice regarding the present she wanted to give me. A phone. He hooked her up with the best she could think of. Now, I can't remember the exact model, but it was the Sony Ericsson flagship and it wasn't yet offered by local carriers. He had access to it because of his status as a local representative for said brand. She went with it, paid. The job position. I've said my employer was shutting down. So just for the sake of it, my wife asked Benny if he knew of someone needing an IT guy. Of course, he said. I'll meet your husband at this place tomorrow, etc. And there I was, in a gas station, uptown, and he pulls over in a luxury car. 
Mr. Lowry was a normal looking guy. He used the cane and had a noticeable knee or hip pain. We sat down in the gas station coffee shop and he told me about a mid-management position, reporting to him in a mining company I'd barely heard about. He coached me on what I should say in the upcoming job interview. We spoke about salary. I was dazzled. But wait, mining? Didn't you say he was into imports? He was that kind of guy you can't pause to question because he'd already thrown something extra into the mix. And this position had a better paycheck than the one I was being laid off. In the next few days, we had a few phone calls and stuff looked promising. We agreed he'd pick me up on December 24th and introduce me to senior managers as the recommended help desk junior manager. I woke up extra early and put on my best suits, waited in the front yard. Hours went by. I planned to be back before noon to arrange stuff for that night's dinner because my parents were coming over. After calling him repeatedly, he told me he'd been assaulted and robbed. They took my cane and broke it on my knee, he wailed. Poor guy. I told him to forget about my interview for the time being. No, no, I promised you. I'll make it up to you. Of course, since he'd been injured, he wasn't able to deliver the items my wife bought from him. That night, my mother asked me about the new job. I could not bring myself to tell her about the delay. I told her it was going fine. That night, I googled him. Nothing showed up except for some awards in the Imports and Customs Associations of whatever. He called me to reschedule our interview, December 31st. Again, picture me in my best suit outside my house on a summer morning. Of course, he didn't show up. When I finally reach him, he tells me that, when his car was stolen last week, they took his wallet too, which these thugs eventually dropped during another robbery, so now he'd been detained as a suspect for that. He hadn't been able to pick the imported electronics on the customs office, so they had them moved to another custody unit where it would take a couple of weeks to retrieve. That night, we went to my parents for New Year's Eve, and my mother asked me about the new job. It's all fine, I said. I Google him again, this time with variations regarding his name or the supposed company he was setting me up into. Not much showed up, nothing shady. The next call was like a week later. He told me that because he was being involved in a police investigation, the mining company had fired him. But this was actually good because now I was going to be interviewed to take his position as IT manager. This meant double my former paycheck and securing a position that would be a leap forward in my career. So I don't ask many questions. I was just grateful. All those delays in the end would pay off. This situation, as you've already figured out, went on and on for weeks. My interview never happened. The electronics never arrived. We'd lost our money, our time, our Christmas, our hopes, and I was still unemployed. And I hadn't been applying for job offers since I had this one allegedly secured. I texted him somewhere in between. I texted, why are you doing this to us? He texted back, if I wanted to, you have nothing on me. But if you stick with me, you'll be rewarded tenfold. Cue in the detective. Time went by. Eventually, my wife overhears from a co-worker about this patient in another hospital she was working at. Some nurses do work part-time at other hospitals. Now, she had fallen for it too, but her husband was a detective. So a few hours later, we were filling him in on the details of the scam we fell for. Asking around, he found a third nurse scammed by this guy. Soon enough, he was detained this time for real. And he admitted to have been scamming people due to a mild dementia, impromptu invented by the way. 
This detective talks him into an off-court deal in which he gives us back every cent, but not my time nor hopes, in exchange for us not pursuing any legal action. This was a decent deal because us, having failed to make a written agreement on any of these purchases, had at most a weak claim to our money. By the way, the money he paid us, he had to borrow from his father and some from his brother, a doctor. Remember this didn't happen in the US? This agreement is actually completely legal down here. So I made a blog. I couldn't go for any further legal action, but there wasn't a non-disclosure agreement whatsoever. And I thought, what could prevent other people falling into this scammer's lies? Well, perhaps some Google results. So I created a blog on wordpress.com. Think something like bennylowerthescammer.wordpress.com. It was a single post in third person telling my story. In the following days, that post comments had a dozen stories much like mine. I made them into a few posts. I got a few of their comments too, telling other people's stories. In a few weeks, looking for Benny Lowy's name on Google led to this blog. In my country, you can review updates regarding court ongoing cases, except for felonies that are non-public. Searching for his national ID, which I'd known thanks to our settlement as the sued party, I could just find an eviction action due to failing to pay his condo's lease. But looking for him as the suing part, I found out he'd sued www.wordpress.nml, our local fixturing domain, which was registered by a local guy in godaddy.com. Following up with the case, this guy had spent months trying to demonstrate this local guy had to take down the blog I made in the .com domain. Go figure. I was tempted then and there to set a post on this blog saying, if I wanted to, you have nothing on me. However, I've never attempted to let him know that I am the one doing this. So OP is actually anonymous via this website. I just log into this blog once in a while. Today was the first time in years and I keep finding in the comments more scammed people. All of them in a vulnerable moment of their life. Unemployed guys, small startups looking for an angel investor, small branch salespeople pursuing a promising commission, those who have in time reached a compensation or agreements. It's because Benny's now ancient father had to chip in. From what they say, his brother has gone no contacts. Most of the commenters lead their email addresses and I've known of a few that have teamed up with each other and succeeded in legal actions. Perhaps this is not a revenge story, but it's my story. Yeah, there you go, guys. As you could probably tell pretty early on in this story, it became quite clear that this person was just a scam artist. Gotta say, all the kind of signs were there and it's easy for me to say that, but if you're actually in that situation and you know, you're in a bad place, just lost your job, needing money, etc., etc., getting new deals, new tech, mm, it does sound a little bit too good to be true, but when you're in your lowest point and, and you get someone like this coming along into your life, offering you the world, you kind of just gotta go with it, don't you? Well, at least that's what most people do. And the thing that is so horrible about these fraudsters and scam artists like this is that they always prey on the weakest because you know if you have a job and you've got the latest phone and stuff you're not going to say oh yeah go on i have a new job and i'll have the latest phone you've already got it so like people that are doing well don't really need that sort of stuff they don't need help from some random person whereas you know people that don't have the stuff that they would like they kind of do tend to fall for for scams like this that's kind of why traditionally uh, fraudsters tend to target poorer people or people in strife or old people as well who are just less switched on in terms of tech and just, I guess, life. What I would say though, which is really interesting in this one, is that the person 
person that was scamming you seemed to be reputable, at least at first. Like, yeah, as you said, a patient in your wife's hospital, you've got all their details. It's weird that they would, would you know, risk that sort of stuff. But hey, clearly they were confident enough in their frauding ability. And... They now allow me to say that they are probably the biggest fraud. And this time I can say it and actually mean the word fraud. A lovely change. Alexa, play bit ain't sh by Dr. Dre. My crib midget has evolved into a mini human and my mini human is now in an adult male body, which is unfortunately still outfitted with a teenage brain. Don't worry though, he knows everything. I myself have a late thirties model body, but my teenage brain is coming along well. That said, my loving wife is still able to maintain her sanity with two and a half boys and half male adults in the house. However, our house was too small and we needed more legroom. We decided to move on up. The new house is everything we wanted. There's ample room for the growing family. The boys would conquer the upstairs and even have their own bathroom to grow science experiments. They occasionally fail to brush their teeth, but you can most certainly count on them to pee in or on everything except the toilets. Cake, my 11-year-old mini-human, shares my obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD, and keeps his room in working order. Kelly, my 15-year-old man-child genius, well, just don't touch that sock under his bed. Typical boy stuff, I suppose. My wife and I now had a backyard. We had a two-car garage to store her Christmas and Halloween decorations. The neighborhood is gorgeous and I can literally walk to the clubhouse and play a round of golf. The cul-de-sac we live on is dominated by currently serving or retired military families. Everyone was extremely welcoming at the homeowners association and the neighbors were all friendly. Well, at least for the moment. Now I've read about neighbor horror stories. I've seen them on television. I never in a million years thought I would live next to them. I am a gunfighter by trade, but believe it or not, I don't like war. I like my job, but I don't enjoy the carnage of war. I'm a realist though. I would totally cast my ballot for world peace, but I know it only takes one butthole to ruin it for everyone. My immediate neighbors became those buttholes. Enter the entitled parents, Kevin and Karen. They seemed nice at first. They were both really helpful, especially Kevin. Kevin had served in the Air Force and Karen was a stay-at-home mother. They enlightened me regarding the neighborhood, the quality of the area schools, and told me the tips and tricks to avoid any hassle with the HOA. Freaking great, right? Enter coronavirus, COVID-19, zombie apocalypse. The onset of COVID-19 forced the school district to cancel the remainder of the school year so the boys didn't turn into zombies. However, the mass hysteria allowed my humanoids to become semi-professional Fortnite gamers who smelled like bull funk and survived on soda and zebra cakes. They were quickly becoming chubby bunnies. I, being neighborly, informed Kevin and Karen that I would be in the market for a portable basketball hoop to combat childhood obesity and type 2 diabetes. Side note, I remember everything. It can be quite literally a matter of life or death in my occupation, so I remember things vividly. So I go around to Karen's house. Pleasantries, some other words. I'm thinking about getting a basketball hoop for the boys, I say. That's great, says Karen. It's so good to have young children in the neighborhood again. Yeah, but you know you can't put it in the street, right? Says Kevin. It's against HOA rules. Kevin is a rules guy. Ah, well aware. I'll be putting it on the back pad. That's great. If the ball ever goes over the fence, just tell them to come and get it. 
awesome. It was a positive interaction and they had no issue. Onwards to Walmart. Now, my children are well behaved. They may act like idiots to each other and inside the house, but they're both kind and courteous to others. Despite Karen's instructions, I told them to knock on the door if the ball ever goes over the fence. So they did. First bounce over. I hear a knock, knock, knock at my door. It's Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how can I help you? Now, Kevin was annoyed. The ball went over the fence. Ah, did the boys knock and ask to get it? Yes, I just wanted to let you know. I spoke to my wife afterwards. That was odd, was all I could think. Is the guy gonna let me know each time the ball goes over the fence? Maybe I should knock on his door. Hey, Kevin, just wanted to let you know that your car is parked in the driveway. This process quickly became a routine for Kevin. Kevin became a self-licking ice cream cone. Kevin came over six times over the course of about three months. My wife began keeping tallies because it was odd, but somewhat comical. Then stuff started to get real. Cake, my youngest child, came running in the house scared. He had tears in his eyes and was continually reiterating, I didn't do anything wrong. Nobody has accused me of being Wells' best dad, so I was wondering if he did in fact do something wrong. I forgo waterboarding Cake this time and ask what he's talking about. Cake stated, Karen is recording me. Wait, what? I look outside and sure as heck, I see Karen at the fence pointing her cell phone at me as if it was a loaded gun. I think, well, f*** my tits because I know my wife is going to lose her head. And she did. My wife is dainty, but she quickly turned into a 4'11 Muhammad Ali. Man, it took every freaking ounce of verbal reasoning for me to stop her from physically rearranging Karen's face meat. In addition to remembering things for work, I have to be well-read regarding the laws that govern me as an American and the local laws. I knew Karen's tactic to scare and record cake was immoral and unethical, but it was perfectly legal. This didn't sit well with my wife though. I reminded my wife that I have a doctorate in revenge from university, FU, and this would not go unanswered. I can be a prick too, but I am a methodical prick. I did my best to erect makeshift barriers as a temporary solution. It wasn't perfect, but at least it showed that we were doing everything in our power to prevent balls from going over the fence. I also submitted plans for a permanent structure to the HOA. I was gonna build a hanging herb garden wall, but it required approval before construction could start. The typical approval timeline was two weeks, but in addition to pooping on earth, COVID-19 also pooped on the approval process. I was in limbo. Now, tragically, another basketball fell victim to the senseless violence. It was the ninth basketball in approximately eight months. The kids were terrified to ask for it back, and it wasn't even worth the hassle anymore. That didn't stop Kevin, though. Ninth bounce over. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, is your husband home? My wife answered. Yes, but he's injured his back. How can I help you? Get him, please. I should mention that Kevin is outwardly sexist and is not a fan of coloreds. Kevin, my husband can't even walk right now. How can I help you? The basketball went over the fence again and it needs to stop. They need to stop playing basketball. He was now telling my wife how to parents. Good luck, buddy. I'm sorry the ball went over the fence. We continue to tell the children to be careful, but I'm not going to tell them they can't play basketball in their own yard. You'll tell your boys to stop playing. If the ball comes over the fence again, we are calling the cops. Tell your boys to stay out of our yard. They're trespassing. If you want to call the cops, then you go ahead and do it. 
However, the boys do not go in your yard at all anymore. I was losing my mind in the bedroom. I could hear the conversation, but I physically couldn't make the front door. I managed to slide off the bed though and began my army crawl to the door, but I was late. My wife was fuming and I was angry and pathetically crawling on the floor. Yay, back injuries. We had no intention of starting a war, but the boys were doing nothing wrong. We'd informed Kevin we were getting a hoop and they had zero issues with it. What the frick was going on? 10th bounce over. The cops are called. The OP city police department sent two cruisers. The children may be 11 and 15, but all be danged if they don't go down without a fight. One cruiser was not going to suffice. You better send two for my miscreants. I just sat in my garage man cave and watched it all play out. The cops go to the neighbor's house first. They're there for more than an hour and I can only assume we're being painted as horrible neighbors. Oh well. It's now pitch dark outside and I was startled by the time an officer approaches. Officer John Kimball comes up to me. Hello, sir? Holy frick, you scared the poop out of me. Sorry, hi. I'm Officer Kimball with OP City PD. How are you doing this evening? Typically, I'd say fine but I don't typically have a cop in my garage. Yeah, I understand. Look, the reason we're here is because the neighbors called out about trespassing. Now, they said nobody went in their yard today, but they want you to understand they will press charges next time. I was baffled. I did my best to maintain my composure, but I'm certain my face was screaming, are you freaking serious? Officer Kimball then pointed at his body camera and mouthed, recording and then gave me a thumbs up gesture i immediately seized the opportunity to f with him sorry it's in my nature hey officer do you want another beer you can't just drink one the officer starts laughing what i didn't have a beer with you i'm only kidding and look we're fully aware of their intent to press charges i'll be sure to do my best to prepare my boys for the rigors of prison life too i think jail will be good for them too maybe even toughen them up a bit okay sir i just want to ensure that you are aware ideally we'd like to see neighbors talk things like this out and not call the cops but unfortunately this is what it's come to i just want to ensure you are aware tracking you have a good evening sir thanks officer kimball then walked back to his patrol car he didn't leave though i assume he was just finishing mundane paperwork but he was there for at least 20 minutes then much to my surprise he returned and was a completely different officer hey man you back for that beer no sorry man i've got to play the game for the body cam I hear you. I occasionally wear one at work, but it only cuts back on my cussing. People still get shots. Oh, you are me? Yep. Cool. What do you do? Shoot first, shoot often, and have my story straight before the cops arrive. Oh, I figure as much after looking at all your stuff here. Look, I just wanted to talk to you without the camera. They really seem eager to press charges if your children are caught in their yard. Uh, yeah, my wife and I have concluded that. Oh, honestly, that lady is batshit crazy. My God, she demanded we arrest your children tonight. Wait, tonight? Yes, she said they trespassed before and she wanted to press charges now. Oh my, I'm sorry you've got to deal with this, brother. I really am. I can assure you that they've never gone in their yard without permission, not once. They are terrified of her. She taunts them from the other side of the fence and records them. Seriously, they're scared of her. We now chalk the balls up as a loss. Oh, I believe you. 
there's something not right with that lady She said the basketball wakes her son up and she will not hesitate to press charges I told her we'd do our duty But I don't think the magistrate will not view the situation kindly if we arrest two children for playing basketball She clearly doesn't care though. Look, I just wanted to chat with you and without the body cam I can't exactly call her crazy while it's running the officer stayed for another hour He was impressed with the collection of war memorabilia and the setup of my garage man cave He was specifically intrigued with my nintendo and working copy of mike tyson punch out among other classics Yes, it's certainly freaking cool, but i'll be honest. It's got little to do with this story But then poop meets fan my wife was mowing the grass and i was currently doing stuff i never thought would be a priority of mine planting a new flower bed kevin and karen had just returned from another chick-fil-a run then the unthinkable happened kevin exited the car and immediately approached me and he was angry your boys went into my yard and got a ball today they may think we didn't notice but we did you need to tell those boys to stay out of my yard or wait a freaking minute I don't tolerate people who lie, cheat, or steal, and you are lying right now. No, your boys were- We were at an all-day soccer tournament in a different state. We've only been home for a couple of hours. They've not played any basketball since we've been home. You're lying. Well, we're sick of them getting balls from our yard without permission. Look, Kevin, I get it. However, you failed to recall when your wife said the boys were more than welcome to go in the yard, and I didn't even get to finish when I heard the screech of Karen. Now look, I know my writing style is different to say the least. I wish I was better. I do not have the words to accurately articulate the sound Karen made, but I'll do my best. It was like the Tyrannosaurus from Jurassic Park making love to a nuclear explosion during a tornado, but way freaking louder. The only thing that honestly makes us worse, and I freaking kid you not, is that she is a dead ringer for Carol Baskin from Tiger King. Not maybe a little, but more, holy frick, Carol Baskin is your neighbor type of resemblance. I never said that. I would never say that. She screamed at the top of her lungs mere inches from my face. I could smell the meow mix bellow from her scream factory. Meanwhile, Kevin pulled a frickin' Houdini and vanished. Kevin is a passive-aggressive butthole, and direct confrontation scares him off. Yes, you did, I reply. I never said that. You're wrong. Ugh, whatever. It's not even worth it. I'm so sick of your heathens going in my yard. Your heathens better not go in my yard again, or I will have them arrested. I know the law. The I know the law statement really rubbed me wrong. I was about to open my mouth and respond, but my wife was on her like stink on poop, which led me to believe Karen is louder than a lawnmower. My wife was still seething about Karen recording the kids. They don't go in your yard and they're good children. They are not heathens. You better stop recording my children. Oh, shut up. You guys are white trash. Your children play in the street and run around the neighborhood like criminals. They broke my mulch too. Yes, she said they broke the mulch. Everybody knows you're trash. Just stupid white trash. I'm now thinking, oh, frick. And I'm semi-worried about Karen's future health as an active participant of living humans. I think my wife wanted to expire Karen's shelf life. Excuse me? My children never play in the streets. You're recording them. Oh, just shut up. You're stupid. You're just plain stupid. I can record them if I want. No wonder you don't have jobs. I have three advanced degrees. We're working from home. When you are, you're trashy and stupid, and both your children are stupid. I had enough. There was no point in arguing at all. 
Mark Twain stated, Never argue with an idiot. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. Now, Mark is correct, and Karen was trying to drag us down. Now, I don't know why, but I remember something that Kevin discussed with me when we first moved in. The freaking trees. They have a large maple tree, and they have a juniper tree. Kevin always told me they were in the process of contracting a company to crown and lift the maple tree. Furthermore, they were going to get the juniper tree off my fence. Now, guys, I know the law too. I can legally trim anything that goes over my property line. Now, all those pointless conversations were making sense. It was my time to join this exciting game called pettiness. Karen, I say, you have until Sunday to get your juniper off my fence. Oh, shut up. I told you we were going to get it handled this fall. It's June. You have until Sunday. Or what? I allow my wife to rejoin the conversation and I retreat to the garage. There, I grab my clippers and prune a good couple of inches off the juniper tree and lay them at her feet. Cue T-Rex frickin' a volcano voice. What the heck do you think you're doing? I told you it'll be done this fall. You have until Saturday now. You're done too. Just like your wife, aren't you? My intelligence may have been debatable, but I suppose it was time to repeat the process. I now return with about two feet of tree and place it at her feet. I am like Momo McF lady you have until friday i say you better not touch my tree again i'll call the cops and have you thrown in jail tonight you're so dumb aren't you now i see where your children get it from i know the law too karen i'll be back in a minute with some more of your juniper tree kevin 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 i again return to the tree i now have another two feet of juniper tree to place at her feet The more she screams, the smaller her tree becomes. It was an enjoyable game of cause and effect. Meanwhile, I see Kevin and Kevin Jr. running like Usain Bolt to secure their tree with toe straps. I hope you're happy. You're terrible people. You're both terrible parents and your children are heathens. I'm sick of ball bouncing and waking my son up too. You people need to move. You're just horrible parents. Horrible. Now screaming louder. Horrible parents. Guys, I had enough. I was at critical mass. I was going to explode. Karen continued to yell at my wife and I was zoning out. It was comical to watch Kevin and Kevin Jr. secure the tree to their porch in order to get it off the fence. Once complete, they quickly made their way back to the one-sided screaming party. Horrible parents. Look what they did with my poor tree. I think we should call the cops, dear. Horrible parents. I feel sorry for your kids and I'll just shut the frick up. I raked up 21 bags of leaves this past fall. 21. Funny, because we don't have a tree in our backyard. I pulled an additional bag's worth of leaves and branches from my gutter. Not from my tree either. It was from your tree. You know what, Kevin? I didn't complain. I didn't knock on your door and bitch. Yeah? And? We live in a suburbia. This stuff happens. They are kids. Kids freaking play outside. I don't want the ball in your yard either. You accuse them of being in your yard. You also accuse them of breaking mulch. How in the frick do you break mulch? Are you freaking serious? Really? Yes, really. Maybe you should learn how to parent your horrible children. At this point, I just freaking lost it. Wait for the surprise. You know what? That's the last time you question me about my parenting. My children are going to grow up and be productive members of our society. I find it comical that you have the audacity to question my parenting, seeing how you have a, wait for it, 49-year-old son living at your house for the past nine years. 
I assume it was because of the divorce and the bankruptcy he filed nine years ago. My children are waking your child up. Your child is a jobless 49-year-old man living at home with mum and dad. Is he working on a startup? Prestige worldwide, maybe? Boats and hose? At this point, Karen was freaking baffled. How do you know any of that? Do you go snooping through our mail too? I'm good at what I do, and I found everything online. I know you are 69 and lost your license due to reckless endangerment charge in 2017. I know Kevin Jr. has five different moving violations and one DUI. I also know he was fired from his grounds crew job with the HOA. I know your husband is 72 and wears the same freaking shirt every day, so I can only assume that laundry is not a priority. I know your phone numbers and email accounts. I know a lot of stuff about you. Your child is 49 and lives at home. Maybe you should be more worried about your parenting and less about mine. We can have a civil relationship or we can have a war. Just remember this though. I'm going to freaking outlive you. They then stormed back into their house. They were not happy or impressed with my ability to figure stuff out. It wasn't over me though. They fricked with the wrong F head. They were unaware of actions I took to keep the peace. For example, I never let the boys play basketball while they were outside eating dinner. I didn't let them play before nine or after seven. I tried, but they would blare country music and enjoy the gorgeous weather and eat a meal. I never complained about Garth Brooks on volume 100 while I watched the national news. I was teleworking and I took up as a part-time job now. I have wrestled since I was four years old. I was never much of a basketball guy. I am now though. Karen and Kevin had just sat down to enjoy their meal. I don't have to spy either. I can easily see them at my French doors as I watch the news. I patiently waited for the slot speed F heads to get their outside dinner setting perfectly situated. I could hear Tim McGraw playing when I opened my French doors. I like music too, so I figured I'd get my groove and play basketball. I say, Alexa, play ain't by Dr. Dre. Playing bleep and bleep by Dr. Dre. Alexa, volume 10. I have a new fondness for rap music and the game of basketball. This didn't stop Karen from recording my heathens on a daily basis. Look, I know what I was about to do was petty, but I had zero Fs to give at that point. I had one last FU, my final card to play, an Una reverse card of sorts. My neighbors across the streets and my family have bonded. He had a tree removed last week and I had an epiphany. How much would it cost to trim a large maple tree that overhangs my property? I'm not talking a couple of branches either, but more like one half of a more than 100 foot tree. I approached the tree removal company and offered them a sizable chunk of change and informed them of my delicate problem. They said, any friend of your neighbor is a friend of ours. Pro bono. They moved their large equipment over to my backyard and take their time getting ready. Guess who came running out of the house? No, not Brad Pitt. Frick, get your stuff together, reader. Karen and Kevin come running out. Hey, buddy, said Kevin. He went with buddy, not F-head, not horrible parents. Buddy, what can I do for you? What are they doing here? Oh, them? I point at the guys. Yeah, uh, what are they doing here? Oh, well, they're just gonna go and trim the tree. Just trim? Yep, just a little trim. You know that tree was a gift from our daughter, right? Says Karen. We don't want anything drastic. It's been with us for over 40 years now. Yeah, it was a gift from our daughter. How much are you thinking of trimming? Well, just so you're aware, you understand that I can legally trim anything that overhangs my property. 
I've got approval from my lawyer and the HOA to trim it. Now, frankly, I care as much about your tree as you do my children's privacy. I could freaking care less. Well, how much are you talking about trimming then? My property line is here, I point, and it extends up, I point up, to space. I'm going to trim every single branch that encroaches my property. So probably about a third of your tree. It's going to look really freaking funny when I'm done. Oh, well, Karen started to cry. It was a really, really ugly cry. There was no more rage left in her. She was defeated. Kevin was defeated as well. Now, this was not my desire. Don't get me wrong. I don't care if she cried, but it was not my intent. Or you can stop recording my freaking children. Karen looked like snot-nosed Carol Baskin. If I stop recording? Look, we don't have to like each other because I certainly don't freaking like you guys. My boys never go in your yard, ever. I don't even care if you keep the basketballs, but I'll be danged if you freaking record them ever again. If you do, I'll cut your tree down without warning. Now, Kevin is still angry, but says, thanks, bud. No worries, friend. I'm just trying to be neighborly. Just remember, I am dead serious about the tree, and I'm pretty certain I will outlive you. Now, look, guys, I know I'm a prick. I know we're both in the wrong at times. I draw the line, though, when a 69-year-old woman sees fit to torment my kids. We've only had one problem since these events occurred. Kevin's junior's car sat in the same spot for nine months. I've submitted over 20 home improvement requests to the HOA, and I'm now friends with the wonderful ladies that work there. They periodically inspect neighborhoods and notice the registration on Junior's vehicle was two years outdated, and they had it towed. Karen accused me of having it towed. We had another colorful conversation, but it ended there. Kevin Jr. is still jobless to this day. I assume he's managed to erect a bunk bed in his childhood bedroom. He has so much more room for activities. Just make sure you don't touch his drum sets. And there we go. That is the end of that absolute beaut of a story. I've got to say, first of all, I don't know why OP thinks his writing is bad. It's phenomenal. I loved reading that. It was so easy to read. It flows so well. The story was great. The twist at the end as well. A 49-year-old kid still living at home. And that's the person that you're complaining about. Oh, amazing. Loved every second. Great story. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. You know, personally, I've always thought about this, right? What if you buy a house and it just turns out, unluckily, that your neighbors are just horrific people, like in this story? There's nothing you can do. You own your house, they own their house. You've just got to live with each other. It must be incredibly tiring to have to go through an entire ordeal like this and deal with people like Karen, Kevin, and their son, I guess. But wow, the way you guys went about it, amazing. OP, I love you. I love your wife. I love your kids, even. Uh, Not in a weird way, but they seem like good guys. You know, very polite, respectful, good at basketball as well future in the nba perhaps but yeah in general all i can say is that every word of this was just brilliant thoroughly enjoyed reading it hope you guys did too as i said in the intro i'm on a mission to bring you lot the best quality stories from the internet and i think with this one i mean let me know down in the comments if you agree i've done so drop a like on the video if you agree with that and there you have it those were the top 10 most upvoted stories of the past month july 2022 of course with some of my other favorites sprinkled in there really hope you did enjoy it. and if you did and you want to see more from me right away if you want even more entire to parents content i've left a selection of videos on screen for you to go and browse they're equally as long as this one and some are much longer i mean this one's over 10 hours that's also linked down in the description click that if you want a lifetime of enjoyment 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.